Hey there, quick question before we jump into this episode. Do you wish you could easily build your own website, but you get overwhelmed by it all? If that sounds like you, then allow me to introduce Savvy DIY Site. Half course, half gorgeous website templates designed by yours truly to help you DIY your first WordPress site, redesign your existing one, or migrate from another platform to WordPress, even if you're not very techie or you have no idea where to start. Forget spending hours figuring out the basics or feeling stuck with a website that doesn't really represent you. With Savvy DIY Site, you'll build your website with my step-by-step guidance, easy-to-follow video tutorials, and pro-designed templates that make building your site a breeze. Plus, you can customize everything to fit your unique style and brand so your website looks just like you want. Whether you're launching your first site or updating an old one, Savvy DIY Site gives you the tools and confidence to do it yourself and do it well. Join now and start creating a website you're proud to share. Visit SavvyDIYSite.com to learn more and get started building your website today. Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of the Savvy Teacher Seller. I'm your host, Kristen Doyle, and today we are continuing our diversifying series with my guest, Brittany Blackwell. She's an award-winning special educator, the voice behind the Resilient Teacher podcast, and a course creator. Brittany started out sharing helpful teaching tips on TikTok during the pandemic, then began selling on TPT, and she has since added course creation as another income stream. She's here to shed light on combating burnout, creating courses that matter, and the power of automating our workload. So let's dive right into this conversation. Hey, TPT sellers, ready to see growth in your business? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Savvy Teacher Seller. I'm Kristen Doyle, and I'm here to give you no-fluff tools and strategies that will really make an impact on your sales. Let's get started, y'all. Hey, Brittany. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. I am so excited to be here. So can you start out just by telling us what motivated you to get into course creation in the first place? So I guess I kind of have to go back a little bit and share with you kind of how I got started sharing teacher stuff to begin with. So I started sharing teacher helpful tips, I guess, on TikTok during the pandemic. I think we were all just trying to figure out how to navigate pandemic teaching together. And so I found these tech things that were really working for me. So I'd post about them. And then I started creating things for my own classroom. And then I posted those to Teachers Pay Teachers. And I would share those on TikTok, on Instagram, that sort of thing. But I noticed this like huge shift happen where the things that I was providing as far as products on Teachers Pay Teachers, those were working well, but there was a larger problem at bay. And that was that teachers were burning out. They had anxiety. They had depression. They were leaving the profession at an alarming rate. And some of them were the most passionate teachers that I knew they were leaving. And I realized my products were solving some very minute problems. But in order to make the change that I wanted to make in the system of education, it was going to take more than just 
small band-aids. It was going to take mindset. It was going to take action. It was going to take support. And so what I did was I took my passion and my experience, my research, and I rolled it up into this experience. And that was my first course. I love that your course topic is something just so important and so big right now in the field of education in general. I know lots of sellers have created or maybe thought about creating a course related to the content that we sell. You know, if you sell math content, maybe you create a course on how to teach math, those sorts of things. That seems to be kind of the more natural place that a lot of sellers go. But I love that you looked at that big picture at a huge problem that is happening in education and how you could help support teachers in that way. I know all of our TPT products are helping teachers with burnout because we are, you know, taking so much of that work off of their plate. But like you said, individual products are a Band-Aid for a bigger problem. Just kind of based on what you were just talking about, like I created two different courses at two different times because I saw two different types of problems. As I got to kind of know the teachers that I was working with, I noticed I really wanted to help them with an individualized, because I'm a special educator, I see everything as individualistic. And I saw it as they needed an individualized burnout recovery plan. And a lot of teachers, they would say, oh, well, I'm burned out because of the workload. I'm burned out because I'm not getting that support. And so I would see these different pieces and I'm like, how can I solve that big problem? And like we just said, my products themselves were solving little minute pieces. But at the end of the day, that was just the action that they needed to take. But they also needed mindset. They also needed support. And a lot of my Teachers Pay Teachers products could not provide that mindset or that support, but I could. And so that's where that course kind of came into play. Yeah. Mindset is just so important, regardless of what your profession is. Mindset is important for us as TPT sellers. Yeah, absolutely. It is important for teachers. It's important for moms and dads and just everyone. I've been doing a lot of mindset work over the last maybe two years, I guess. And it really is amazing how much of a difference it makes when you start focusing on that and applying some solid strategies to put yourself in a better mental place and, you know, setting boundaries around work-life balance and things like that. And all of that is so important, especially for teachers. Yes, I completely agree. Then the second part of, so I did the individualized educare program, and then I went into the automate your classroom program. And that was where I taught teachers how to create a workflow in a system based on what I learned from having a business, really. I learned how to do these things in my business, and then I brought them into the classroom. And then I realized, hey, teachers need to know that they can also do these types of things, how to create a workflow, how to create systems with automation so that they could reduce that time that they were spending on administrative tasks after contract hours, really getting that work-life balance that we all crave. And so that mindset piece that we need for work-life balance was also kind of put in with the automation piece that we kind of use in our business. We were talking before we started about SmarterQ and how it's an automation as well. Yeah, it is. Saves so much time. <laughs> I see your automate your classroom stuff all the time on social. And I have not been in the classroom for what, five years now? And I'm still so tempted to buy it because I'm like, this is genius. 
this is what we need. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I had very small things on Teachers Pay Teachers. Like I had a missing assignment form that was a Google form. That was a form of automation. That was my initial automation that I ever used and sold it. And people loved it, but they wanted to know how can they do that with more stuff. And that's really what I did. I looked at what I was selling on Teachers Pay Teachers, what was selling the most, the biggest volume, what was the one that everybody's like, I need this. And I then kind of narrowed it down to what was the thing that they were really looking for? Oh, they want to see more of this. They want to know how to do this in more than just a missing assignment form. You know, they want to do this with everything. What is the real problem that they're having? Exactly. And that's kind of what helped me determine this is what I need to create a course on. And it's worked really well for me. (laughs) Yeah. I think when you tap into those underlying, I know the phrase pain points is so overused, but it's true. That underlying real problem that the teacher needs to solve or whoever your audience is, that's where you find that really compelling course topic that will hook people in so that it is a successful course and so that you're making a big difference for people because you're addressing what they really need and not just, you know, here's a product for this, here's a product for that, which of course we know those products are definitely very helpful. They are super important, but they, like you said, they are solving a tiny problem where there's this huge underlying problem that you can also create more support around and teach teachers in your case, how to solve this bigger life problem. Yes. Can we talk a little bit about some questions that people may have about courses? Like, how do you figure out how to structure a course in an effective way? You know, deciding what content to include and how to arrange things. So one of the things that I kind of looked at was I started with the end in mind, like how we do with teaching. Like all of us probably who are selling on Teachers Pay Teachers are teachers. You know, we know how to teach. And I think that's such a really cool part about creating a course is that you don't have a curriculum, you're creating your curriculum. So I think the most important kind of piece to look at is the end. What is the end problem you're trying to solve? And then kind of moving backwards from that, the problem that I see that happens or that happened with me was I wanted to share everything, just every little piece. And that can be overwhelming. I mean, my whole purpose was to not overwhelm, right? But when I originally created my course, and I've reiterated it several times to really just narrow down the basic information that people need to know so that they don't get overwhelmed and so that they're actually taking action, was just getting down to the nitty gritty of what are the basic things that they need to know. And then having that in a way that was actionable. Because one of the other pieces that I have seen as I've created this course and as I've these courses and seen a lot of success is that I would have people join my course, but then they would never do anything with it. And my whole goal with that was to see my students succeed. I think we all want to see our students succeed in the classroom. We want to see them succeed if we're creating a course, right? And so I wanted to see that. So I had to think of where were my students getting stuck? Were they just like, this is a whole lot? And they were. 
And so really simplifying it down and finding ways to just give them the meat and potatoes and then have a way to give them that extra stuff later on when they could absorb it. Yeah. And that's so smart just to start with something that feels doable and manageable for people. In some cases, I think it's almost more important what we leave out of the course than how much we can fit into it. There was a time when you would see these courses that said they were, you know, a hundred and whatever lessons. It's everything you'll ever need to know about whatever topic. And that honestly just feels overwhelming now. Maybe it's a symptom of where we are just as a society, but that feels overwhelming now. I would much rather buy the like five lesson mini course that's going to tell me what I need to know about XYZ. Yes. I think that's something that people get, you know, caught up in. They think I've just got to give everything that it's going to help them do everything. And people don't want everything. They just want to know what they need to know to get to that end goal. So maybe if anyone is out there thinking that a course is too big of an undertaking because they have to do all the things, maybe this is a good reminder that those smaller courses can make a huge difference. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that a smaller course, you should be pricing at a lower price point, and that makes it a lot more affordable for teachers. So you might be able to increase your impact that way, too. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about automation. You're so into automations in the classroom, and I know that you did some automation in your course creation process, too. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Clearly, I love this question. Automation is like my thing. And I'm not like a super like computer person, but I'm obsessed with working smarter and not harder. So for me personally, because I think this is very different for everybody, you know, as far as like what they should automate in their course creation and things like that. But the first thing that I really struggled with, and I know this about myself, is idea overload. Like, I need some structure. (laughs) And so one of the things that I automated was my content organization. That way, my ideas had a specific place and they could make sense. So I would have all these ideas and they would be jumbled up. And so I automated the organization of that. And so I use a couple of different tools for this, like depending on what part of my workflow I'm in when I'm creating a course. But in idea generation and just brain dumping, I typically use Notion. Now, I've used several different things, but I love Notion just for kind of keeping all of those ideas together and organized. But then it automatically sorts it and then categorizes it. So I'm saving time. I'm ensuring that that material is well organized and it's easy to navigate. And then I can remove things as I needed to, which like we talked about earlier, like that was something that I needed to do. Yes. I also know that I struggle with communication sometimes. So even like in my classroom, I automated my communication procedures. So that was definitely a part in creating my course that I think was very important to automate as well. Like I don't think many people think about that part of the creation process, but like I said earlier, we want to see our students succeed. And so it's not just about, you know, making money off of them. Like I created my course because I wanted to help. And so in order for my students to show progress, I needed onboarding like with an email sequence. So I automated that. Any updates to the materials, I automated that as well. Checking in with them, having a procedure in place 
for any questions and support that they might need. And so I automated that through my email service provider with tags and things like that, just to kind of keep it flowing to show that progress. And then the last thing I did was something I actually automated with my students as well. So all of these things I did in my classroom too, but I tracked my students' progress. And again, like I want to see them succeed. So I had automations for scheduling for reminders to check in with those students to make sure that my curriculum development during that creation process had deadlines to it. So I had reminders set up for that automation and that was super impactful as well. The one thing that I've started doing recently is using AI to automate some of almost like a back and forth. Like I needed somebody to bounce ideas off of and that's what I use. I use ChatGPT. I know some people use Bing or Claude or whatever. I love ChatGPT just to kind of bounce those ideas off of and think, hey, would my audience need A, B, and C if I don't have somebody already that I can ask those questions to that's part of my audience? And just kind of automating that as well. So I've used automation in so many different ways. I could probably spend hours talking about it. But those are like the main ones that I think really helped in the creation process. Yeah. I love using AI tools for that idea generation. Like you said, a lot of times I'll put in what I kind of have planned and I'll ask a question like, what am I leaving out? Is there something I've forgotten? Yes. And sometimes I get ideas that I'm not going to use because I don't like them. But sometimes I get something I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. And it just helps you round out what you're teaching. And I use ChatGPT a lot for organizing my content too. I'm going to create a course on this or even just a podcast episode. I'm doing a podcast episode on whatever topic. Here's what I want to talk about. Help me organize it. Help me put it in a logical order. Because sometimes I have a million, like you said, ideas in my head. And I just am not figuring out, you know, sometimes maybe I'm too close to what I'm doing. I have too many ideas and I just haven't quite figured out the logical order that it makes sense to present this to other people in. Right. I love it for that purpose too. And I know we all have probably mixed feelings about AI in general and even tools like Notion that are helping to organize things and do work for you. But I think, you know, as long as we're using it in a responsible way and we are still presenting our ideas and our thought, our work, using an AI tool to help us fill in some gaps, figure out if we've missed something, do some of that planning can really help. And it is, like you said, almost like having a team member that you can go back and forth with. So let's talk just a little bit about marketing and getting your course out there, because that's a huge part of having a course. You can have courses all day long that sit on your Kajabi or Teachable or Thrivecart or whoever platform and don't go anywhere, but you have to get them out in front of the right people. So what kind of strategies have you found successful for getting your course in front of that teacher audience? Well, I think the main thing that really helped me in actually reaching my audience was I didn't just create a course based on an idea that came up. It was over time. So I had a lot of experience kind of creating a community of teachers on my TikTok and on my Instagram that I felt comfortable kind of talking with them and getting that information from them about what they actually needed instead of just being like, I think teachers need, I think teachers need some burnout support. No, I like actually had those conversations 
on social media was bringing that content already there. But even after that, there were a few things that worked really well for me in actually selling my course. And one of those was doing a pre-launch podcast series to really get my audience like primed and ready for the launch, getting them in that state of mind to really want to take some action. So I did a lot of planning around the time of the year that I was launching, looking at the emotional aspect of what my teachers were dealing with, and then addressing those emotional components. People will call it aggravating the problem. I didn't really think it was aggravating it as much as I was acknowledging that it was happening. And then I sent my teachers on a journey to realizing, hey, a lot of the things that I'm dealing with could be solved through automating tasks in my classroom. So that was one strategy that went really well. The other was participating in a few summits back-to-back, which got a little bit more visibility on me, and I kind of rode off of those into a launch. So what I mean is like the topic that I talked about was kind of like a taste, right? I talked a little bit about taste, gave a little bit of a quick win. Then I rode off of that summit into a free boot camp. So People were getting to know me a little bit more. I was putting a lot more value into them. So again, giving them that value to those new friends that I met through the summits. And then I went into a launch. So I definitely took my audience from cold to warm and then really took them on a journey. And I definitely see the value in creating that purposeful journey into my course, but also providing value along the way. Yeah. It's so important to do that It's typically called a launch runway, right? These things we do leading up to a launch. And if you've done a few of them, you start to see them everywhere. (laughs) I'm at the point now where I can get an email from somebody and go, oh, she's about to launch something. I wonder what it is. (laughs) And I get excited for it. But when we start putting out that content, whether it's like you did on your podcast or, you know, people who don't have a podcast, you can do this with your blog, your email list, a YouTube channel. Facebook Lives, whatever it is. You can do it wherever you are creating content. And that's what I would recommend is to go ahead and do this wherever you already are creating content. Don't feel like you have to start something brand new. Wherever you're creating content, start talking about those pain points. And it is agitating the pain point, but we can do it in a way that is caring and not salesy and not that bro marketing feeling where they make you feel like your entire life is going to end because this pain point is so bad. (laughs) Yes. We don't want to do that. But to remind people that, yes, you're struggling with this. Maybe, yeah, you're not loving teaching right now and it's not your students and it's not the content. It's these other things. Just bringing that stuff back to light, reminding them that that's the underlying problem that they have and then guiding them into a place where they are ready to buy a course from you. Working on visibility is just so important for that. And I love that you're focusing on that, that you're doing all these summits and things, because it's also a great way just to get your message out to a bigger audience. Even if they never end up purchasing something from you, it helps get your message and the support that you provide out to a bigger audience every time that you present in something like that. Like I have people that I've actually connected with that never purchased from me, but send people to me all the time because they learned about me from a summit that I did two years ago. And 
I was not familiar with summits. I was brand new, but they learned from me. They still follow along with me and they send people to me because they're like, hey, I know this one girl who talks about teacher burnout and she's always talking about it all the time. So they send them to me. And so I think that's a huge piece too, that even if you're not launching, you're getting that visibility to people who might then refer you out to others. So for sellers who are thinking about creating their own course, what would be your top piece of advice? I think the biggest piece of advice for TPT sellers, I think they have a real advantage because they can see what products they sell that their target audience really wants. So I definitely think that looking into and digging into those analytics of their TPT store could really help them decide on what their course topic might be and then allow them to narrow down the problem and the solution. Also, my best piece of advice would be to create based on your passion and to use your personal experience as part of your journey and your course because anybody can Google anything. They can spend hours finding out the information that you know and that you experienced, but it's not going to be the same as your unique experience, what you know to be true from your life experience. I think that's the biggest part of marketing your course that can really make it is sharing your own unique experience. We just get so much more out of a course, a conference session, a whatever when we have some kind of a connection with the person who's presenting and that sharing that personal experience is such a good way to do that. Maybe the only way really (laughs) to build a good connection. Right. Like I was saying, like you can Google and find basic information, but sometimes that stuff doesn't click. You know, like somebody could Google how to overcome teacher burnout. They could read it on a blog, but until they're hearing that their experience was validated through things that I've talked about, they're like, ah, somebody else is dealing with this. It's not just me. Then they start to realize that that's something they can get support with from other people or me. And a lot of times when you join a course, you get access to a community of other people who joined the same course for the same reason that you did. So you're all in this place together. And that part of it can be almost as good as the course itself in some cases. Absolutely. So let's talk action steps. What would you suggest as maybe a first action step for somebody who is thinking about creating their own course? Definitely looking into that TPT store and seeing what things their ideal audience is purchasing. What's the highest purchased item that they have? And then maybe looking into what are they passionate about? If they're selling math resources, which one is the highest purchased item? So maybe it's a bundle for algebra, okay? So that's the highest one. They're really passionate about getting students engaged. So maybe they merge those two things together to really look at what could they create a course on and then getting that validated by their audience by having those conversations with the people in their audience that would be purchasing it and getting that marketing research done. Definitely that market research is such an important piece of creating any offer, really, but a course for sure, where you you know look at identifying that underlying problem and then find out if your audience is actually interested in this before you go down this path of spending tons and tons of time creating something without knowing for sure that it's going to sell. 
And there are so many places to do audience research. You can drop polls on Instagram. You can email your audience. I've been doing this one question, click to respond email survey lately in my regular weekly emails. There's one little question and there's three options. And I can tell by how many clicks are on each link, which option got the most votes. And it's such a good way to do some quick audience research. It's also really great for your email stats because it gets people interacting with your emails, which helps your deliverability. So it's a great thing to do for email as well. I know some providers you can actually tag based on which one they clicked. And so then you could have a whole tag for those specific people to maybe target those people later for a specific offer that you have. So I I like that too. Yeah. And I do those for everything from real market research to just, I did one not too long ago that was, hey, how long do you like podcast episodes to be? Yeah. Because I just wanted to know that I'm in the right place. (laughs) I'm recording these every week. I want to make sure I'm in the, the right range of links for people. So just little questions that can help you make your business better. Well, thank you, Brittany, so much for being here. This was such a great conversation around course creation and figuring out, you know, that right topic and all of those things, and especially about how to automate some of it and take some work off our plates too. So I appreciate you being here so much. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. Thank you again for having me as part of the podcast. I've listened to your podcast for a quite a while. And I love all of the content that you're bringing. It's all really relevant for me as a TPT seller and then also as a course creator. But you can find me on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. I'm also on TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I originally started on TikTok and I just cannot change my name on there for the life of me. But then I also have a podcast, the Resilient Teacher Podcast, where I really focus on helping teachers overcome that burnout cycle and start living their best lives inside and outside of the classroom. So you can find that at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast. And I love connecting with other teachers and teacher sellers and collaborating with them. So anybody who's listening who is still a teacher and may need support as far as burnout would love to help with that. But also any teacher sellers who would love to collaborate, I'm always looking for new teacher seller friends. Awesome. And we will put clickable links in the show notes for all of the things so they're easy to locate. Thank you again so much for being here. Yes, thank you. What a great conversation with Brittany Blackwall today. Whether you are thinking about course creation or you're looking for ways to automate things and prevent burnout, Brittany is your girl. I would definitely encourage you to connect with her at the links in the show notes. And don't forget to check out her podcast, The Resilient Teacher Podcast, for more tips and stories on beating burnout. Talk to you soon, friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share it with another teacher seller who would also find it helpful. For more resources on growing your TPT business, head to kristendoyle.co forward slash TPT. Talk to you soon.